Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Backward, going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Backward, rolling, throwing, caught, caught, touchdown. Pass, caught, got it, touchdown. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl. And they have sealed the deal. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Cofield and Company. Willie Ramirez here. Ari in our Finley Toyota Studios. Cofield. Lots to get to. We'll tie in the Raiders to what just happened in the Super Bowl. There were some moves by LVR before the weekend and today when it comes to their coaching staff. So good stuff to break down there. We'll get to more of the halftime show, a lot more of the commercials, some game breakdown, what's going to happen moving forward with both the Rams and the Bengals. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. So everyone's Super Bowl game day experience is different. Some people, you know, just sit at home. Some people by themselves. Some people have a house party. You go to a house party. You go to a bar. You go to a big ballroom. The sound can get lost sometimes. And the place I was at, like, the SO and I were, because she was very much into watching the halftime show. And I, we're psychos. We, I, I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. And we're like, we're both getting crazy. Because... Like, our biggest concern was, one, having good sight lines to the TV, and, and we're like, we got to be able to hear this. So we got to get near the good speakers. So we finally settled on a spot, mm. right? We're watching the game. It's getting loud in there. People start talking and getting distracted. And then there's there were three of us in this one scenario. We're talking, and all of a sudden, we hear this. And, like, our buddy's head whipped around. We're like, what, what's going on here? And I was fixated on it. Totally. I thought the commercial was awesome. The USA Today ad meter had it 28th. It turned out to be a car commercial. Right? This is the opening to the Sopranos. Tugging at my heartstrings. All right. So what did you think was happening as you're watching it? Where is this going? Well, seeing Jamie Lynn drive, I knew. So that's I didn't know. from the show. Right. For Meadow people who don't watch this, Jamie the Lynn Sopranos. Sigler, I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, this is going to end with her parking a car, obviously. For people that don't know, the, vi- the final scene of The Sopranos has to do with Meadow Soprano parking a car. Right. It was a Chevy commercial. Um, so where it was going, I had no idea what it had to do with. There, the emotional embrace with her on-screen brother. Uh-oh. Here we go. Conspiracy theories. No, 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 no. Um, well, I'm going to throw some out. They were very emotional in the in it, and I think that it was live, and I think that they – you have to assume that they, they had many takes, and they saved some of them, um, and maybe an emotional one, but they were very close off – on and off, like brother, sister, off. And Robert Eiler, who played A.J. Soprano, you know, he, after the show went off the air, he admitted to alcohol and hard drugs and went through rehab and is a very big mental health advocate. So I've listened to both of them as guests on Stephen Sharippa and Michael Imperioli's Talking Sopranos podcast, where during the pandemic they 
they would rewatch the episode and then critique it and talk about it and so on and so forth, which is a great thing. So if you're a Sopranos fan, I highly recommend it. We've discussed this. And they talked about their relationship and, and how they've been there. And, and, and Are you seriously tying all of this to that commercial? No, okay. but what I'm talking about. No, I, thought no, you were no, gonna, no. I thought you were going to suggest like there's a storyline of no, uh, no, no, no. But the emotional being, ending being good now and like Meadows hugging him. And, uh, yes, like, I would have no, never known that. No, what I think is that I don't think it had anything to do with Chevy or the commercial. What I think is the emotional attachment at the end was something that real. I don't think that that was an act for the commercial. I think that that was in one of the takes and they saved that take. Period. Because they were oh, back really? together. Yes, absolutely. I want to hear about this. Yeah, because I seriously started going into. Conspiracy mode, maybe not conspiracy, but uh, future project mode. That the badass driving the the big uh, electric truck. Maybe this is a new boss. How risky would it be if they had Sopranos and Next Generation? We find out who's taking over for Tony, and we get some closure at the beginning of what the frig happened at Holstein's. Well, where we, we find out what, what, what David Chase was doing because so many people have been left hanging and are annoyed. Or the flip side of that is if you write movies, you write stories, and you get that much pushback on the ending, aren't you like, no, I'm not giving you what you want. That was the whole point. It's left open to interpretation. Okay, but and that would be that. Now that's fantastic. That's a fantastic theory, because it would take us back to season two, episode four, Commandatori, where they go to Italy, and Tony's dealing with a woman boss <laughs> on the export of cars. I knew how much he'd be into this. So like, you this have is the whole big five. The he, he Sopranos up, car commercial. He comes over there and he's go. He goes over to Italy and and he's telling, uh, he's telling her he's like, I you know I want to talk to the boss. She says you. You could talk to me. Annalisa is 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 the character's name played by uh, Sofia Milos, and but he wants to talk to the boss. She says, "No, you could talk to me." He says, "A woman boss, not where I come from." Ooh, wow. But it's the daughter of the Don who's in a wheelchair, as you remember, and he and he he can barely even put two sentences together, and it's all broken English or or in Italian, and so, but here here he's he's seen it firsthand in the old country. Tony, yeah. right? So it would fall right into your theory where, okay, well, I saw it happen in Italy with people that, and this is how they ended up with Silvio, or is that Silvio? Um, who was their soldier, their main soldier? We're good, we understand. Yeah. Uh, the Italian dude who came over. Yes. That's how, that's how they ended up with him in part of the trade. Um, and and um, Furio. Furio, yeah. I was going to kill him if I didn't get it. Um, but the daughter was the boss. So, yeah. And my guess is it's finished 28th because, obviously, not everyone is a Sopranos fan. Not everyone is a Jersey fan because as I watched it, or as, a, it was just a, car as a New Jersey guy, when I saw the images, I was like, okay, here we go. Um, then I realized she took the most, uh, most circuitous route ever to the end. That's not how you would drive to well, Highlands, New Jersey. There's a place, Bars, that was at the end of the commercial. That's where she parked. Yeah. Well, if you watch the uh, whatever it was, what is Prequel. it? The, the the prequel, yeah. Many Saints in Nork? Is that yeah, what it's called? Many Saints um, there's actually a scene that's very important. I won't spoil it for you, but Bars is featured. All right. So, but yeah, she was she was driving in northern New Jersey about, I don't know, 35, 40 miles north of where she ended up, and she was going north, and then I guess somehow she did a big loop and came back down south. And they, and, 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 very as inside she's, stuff, as not she, really for the Vegas audience. As she's doing it, as she's driving, 
you're seeing parts of the intro. They recreated the the, uh, the intro to it. So kind of uh, finishing up by going by the uh, Satcher alleys. Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. I did, I, you know what? I didn't even notice. Did they 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 had the big lumberjack? Did they do the? Did they drive by Pizza Land? I don't I remember. Didn't notice. I I <coughs> I love that because when I did the Sopranos tour, the bus picks you up in downtown Manhattan, and it takes you. Through that somewhat this, of the same route. This is a hell of a tour because part of it is the industrialized area of northern New Jersey that do. people crap they play, all over. And they, they think, that, the they think that's in the entire state. They play the theme song, and then you eventually drive by Pizza Land and Satrials, and, and then the very end of the tour is you're at Holstein's, and when you get in, they you get off the bus when you get in, they have onion rings lined up on the counter for all the people on the tour. Number four. All right, we just saw the Rams win the Super Bowl going for broke. We saw the Bengals complete a three, four-year turnaround to go to the Super Bowl. What do the Raiders need to acquire? Let's just go with the premise okay. that Derek Carr is going to be around. There was a report over the weekend, Rap Sheet, who's very tied in. He's got at least one snitch inside the Raiders organization because we thought it was someone with the Mayock group, but they're all gone, so there's still the snitch remaining. Not ripping them, right? He's sourced. He says car staying around. There's going to be an extension. Certainly, we're going to cover this whenever it happens and the lead up to it, right? All right, their quarterback set. How do they get to that next level from ten and seven to make a Super Bowl? What do they got to acquire? Oh, I think first and foremost, they need to they need to they need at least one top quality, without a doubt, hands down. Offensive lineman. I mean, they need an all-pro offensive lineman. They got to get someone on the right side. They got the right to tackle. get someone on that line, and they have to get they have to get somebody who can consistently play and stay healthy, probably in the slot on defense. Well, really, the slot. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you. Have, I was looking at a lockdown corner if you can get in that market. Okay. Because while Trayvon Mullen is good, we don't know about Hayward, but Mullen's had trouble staying healthy. Jonathan Abram is a good he's a good player but he's he he still has a lot of improvement to do. I don't know if he's the answer. Um, you know, in the open field, we we've seen him struggle. He improved by jumping in with that nickel package, but I don't know and we don't know we don't know what the defense is going to look like. We don't know what the scheme's going to look like. We don't know exactly how. So I I but I do think it has to start on the offensive line based on what Derek Carr likes to do. And I think he need just he has if he has the right protection, um, I think he's going to be fine with his with his targets. I think he's I think he is fine with his targets. All due respect to what has taken place, um, because I think Derek Carr puts in the work off the field, off season, and builds that chemistry. It's it's a matter of sticking with that. There was obvious situations that took place this season, but. Um, if Deshaun Jackson sticks around, he's got Hunter Renfro, he's got Brian Edwards, I think they're fine. Number three. I don't. I think they need to look at it like the Rams did. Uh, frankly, I think any team that has a top 10 quarterback needs to operate like the Rams do and the Chiefs do, and there is no salary cap. Now, there is, but it is the job of the organization to get a capologist that can kind of fool or get around the salary cap, because that's Rams just did. Yeah. And frankly, I'll say it again. If you have a top 10 quarterback and it's an older guy, the days of kind of hemming and hawing and having a roster that's short, 
if the Rams can do it, then those top 10 teams or those teams with top 10 quarterbacks, they can all do it. The Rams have shown it. The Chiefs have stayed at a high level. You know, it didn't work out because of injuries last year in the Super Bowl. But the Rams act like there's no cap. The Raiders need to be in that territory. And I'm not saying that you have to get a glamour receiver, Mm. a bigger target. Mm. But it would be nice for the Raiders to do that. Now, here's the thing. We don't know what the Ziegler-McDaniels way is of spending money because the Patriots don't spend money. Big money. They did this last year. But, you know, it wasn't 18, 20, 22 million dollars for someone. So we're going to see if the Raiders will make a run at Devontae Adams. I'll tell you the guy, if you trust that he's going to stay healthy, the guy that would you could grab that would serve two purposes would be Mike Williams. You steal him and debilitate the Chargers a bit with a 6'4 receiver. And then you add that one thing you don't have, which is that 6'4 weapon. I know Waller's gigantic at 6'5", but he's a tight end. So am I saying anything here? Rams-like, you know, you're paying big money to some of the glamour positions. Should the Raiders be doing that? I mean, I get you. I'm not, I'm not, I get, because I get your point, but I'm not because I think that the Raiders went into this season thinking that Henry Ruggs, I don't think that he put in the work that he put in with these other guys that he put, he, I don't think he put that in with Brian Edwards. And I think he can make Edwards a decent guy. And, and McDaniels was part of an offense that utilized a Wes Welker and Edelman with Tom Brady. So I think that Hunter Renfro can thrive even more than we saw or have another season like this. He's great. So is Waller. They need a big target. They need a big target. And you're not sold on Brian Edwards because he's too young or he's not ready or what? I just don't know if it's going to happen. Why? You don't. So so I don't know is not enough. Two things. I I don't think he's far enough along in his development, and okay. I don't know that Carr has real trust in him. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe well, that. Well, then target him. He's not making the calls. Greg Olson is. But what happened the calls on the field? What, you, what is it? Nah. Greg Olson's like, all right, pass. Throw to him and only him. I, I think he has confidence in Brian Edwards. And, hey, by the way, Zay Jones is pretty good. Zay Jones is a good fourth-wrist receiver. You need... Third so, receiver. So you want a star power guy? I agree with you, Devontae. Go get Devontae. If you get Devontae, I'm in. But And, and I want to say something about Derek Carr. You keep saying, old guy, old guy, old guy. You have an older guy or a veteran guy. He's been in the league eight years. He has comparable numbers to Matthew Stafford, who's been in the league longer than him. So he's put comparable numbers up in a shorter time. And, you know, what do we hear about Stafford? You know, these game-winning drives that he's had in his career. Derek Carr ranks right up there with game-winning drives. Those two lead the league since Derek Carr came into the league in game-winning drives. Career-wise, we know who's atop those boards. But Carr and Stafford's numbers are very similar. You got to take care of Derek Carr or eventually do the right thing by Carr. Well, I already said that. It's a given. We just said that a couple minutes ago. They're they're going to take care of him. I've been saying Yeah, Some of the big receivers... Or, you know, legit number one receivers are Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, mm. Mike Williams, Allen Robinson's a guy with good size. I don't want any part of Odell Beckham and, you know, sorry about his injury. I hope it's not. Yeah. 
you know, going to be forever. You know, yeah, I think it's same knee, and they're saying ACL. So I, I feel bad for him. Number two. That could be a conversation we have more than a few times. Yeah. All right, this is a combo uh, two and one because we got a lot of stuff to get here on the Bengals and the Rams. What happens first? Bengals reach another Super Bowl. Or Sean McVay walks away from coaching. So we got the Sean McVay rumors that got a little, you know, piqued some interest last week. He was talking about starting a family, wanting to be around there for him. You know, we've made the ties to TV's been sniffing around him for the last couple of years. They're ready to give the guy, I'm sure, 16, 18, 20 million dollars a year to steal him for one of these premier packages. And there's a burnout factor, right? Guys in their 30s who go that hard at head coach. Maybe you don't want to be John Madden, and Madden made the right decision. He was he was you know going off the deep end, but he never coached again. Is there anything wrong with an elite NFL coach who gets his chance in his 30s? Right in this case, I mean he was extremely young, but you know coaching six years, seven years, eight years, walking away for five, get the juices flowing again. Do you buy any of the McVay could walk anytime soon? And obviously, then that sets up the hey, if the Bengals don't get to the Super Bowl again here in the next couple of years with Burrow. At a low salary, so there you go, head-to-head. McVay walks before the Bengals make it back to a Super Bowl. After what I saw yesterday, I'm putting my money on McVay. And here's why. What? What? I was drinking water. I was going to do a spit take, but I don't want to. What? I'm putting my money on McVay walks before. Here's why. If they don't start protecting that kid, you know how many times that kid's been sacked? In I think it was 19 times in the playoffs. It's a record. Is he going to stay healthy? You can't. You, you I mean, come on. Now you got to protect him. You got to get him. I mean, get get right by him. And yeah, that's obviously an issue. But it's a matter of going out and doing it, and then it's a matter of doing it on the field in a very very hardcore division, let alone conference. Pittsburgh's going to be on the come up. They're going to be looking to rebuild, get started. The Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, that's six games right there. And you just mentioned it earlier. Bengals are going to have a tough schedule, and people they're going to have a target on their back. They're tired of hearing about Joe Cool III. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Is Aaron Donald the greatest defensive player of all time now? Uh, oh, that's a big statement, but he should be MVP tonight at the Cooper Cup. He did a great job. He's worthy. Yeah. Aaron Donald played an amazing game. Simply should be MVP. I'm a big fan of his. Much respect, man. He's He went and earned it today. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Clayus Campbell, TMZ, walking out of the game in front of the forum sign. He's a defensive guy. Big lineman. Little different build than Aaron Donald. You know, we don't often talk about, you know, Donald's, I mean, in, in a way, kind of diminutive statement, or state stature, if I can speak. Mm. Um, you know, Clayus Campbell's like the biggest defensive lineman. Kind of goes back to Raiders days when they'd have guys who were, you know, 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". But, yeah, Donald was – he was tremendous yesterday. We both hashed this out. Slight edge to Cooper Cup for MVP, right? Slight? Slight? No, or are you going ha- – No, I was – I Aaron said Donald. Donald. Okay, so Donald and I go slight edge. I would have voted for 
Aaron Donald. But That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but I got no problem with, with Cooper Cup. All right, on no. the Rams' future, right? We just talked about you think uh, it's more likely that McVay could walk, take a break in his career, go go do TV, decompress, start a family. So he could walk. And I think we both believe the Bengals, it's going to be a little while before the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl. Now they yeah. have a chance to improve here. They've got $51 million under the cap. That's fourth in football. They've got their full complement of picks coming up in the draft. Not going to be great picks, but, you know, end of each round. So if the biggest thing they need to fix is the offensive line, we saw the Chargers do a pretty good fix with their offensive line until right tackle got destroyed and that Storm Norton, whatever's Norman, whatever it is, just he had to play the whole year because Balaga wasn't ready. So if they make the right choices, the Bengals could shore up their biggest weakness. So they got a shot. They got a shot. But as we've been pointing out, the division is full of really good defensive teams. You got to play them six times. And we also mentioned the schedule next year. You know, the higher you finish, the better your schedule gets. Their road games next year, Willie, Bengals, at Titans, at Cowboys, at Bucks. We'll see what the Bucks are. Then you got the divisional games. Did I mention at Patriots, at Saints? At Jets, kind of easy. Should be easy. But you got about five, four or five road games that are going to be tough. At the Jets is never easy when you're wearing a target on your back. I will. I mean, the Jets are are. are well, Jets will be a little better. Yeah, but but I'm just saying it's it's yeah. it's never easy when you know, and you got to see where they're sandwiching the Jets at also. So don't you know? I mean, those are the games that you have to get up for because it's because you're getting up for your bigger games. It's and and, and you want to focus. And what you don't want is to have to play the Jets games like that between two powerhouses. And all of a sudden you're sandwiched and you're mentally trying to prepare for something like that. So that could be, you know, that you got to be careful of letdown spots. On the topic of the Raiders getting better from a 10 and 7 team. Yeah. First round playoff team minus, you know, 59 point differential team. We just talked a couple minutes ago about talent they could add, positions they need some upgrades at. And the Raiders are in pretty good shape with the salary cap. Some of the money is going to go bye-bye with uh, Ruggs and Arnett. So that'll open things up. So they have a chance to improve. Coaching staff. Would you say right now upgrade from last year? Are you confident enough to say? I can't. No. Well, how can how Daniels, can you, Patrick how can, Graham at at you know basically OC and DC. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to venture there because we have yet to see what they've done with this crew. You can you could you know what honestly you could bring in you could bring in a bigger name coach, a bigger name veteran head coach, Jim Harbaugh. If they had Jim Harbaugh right now, would you be here on a Monday after the Super Bowl? Going to the Raiders are definitely going to get better. No, still not. Okay. I would say that it's a great pickup, but I but you can't say is it an upgrade? Is it? I mean, come on now, Daniel Ziegler is it an upgrade is over it, uh, is o- it, over Basaccia and Mayock? I don't know because they haven't gone. I need in, an answer. I don't know because they haven't okay. gone in and dealt with this crew. We haven't seen what they're going to do with this team. We haven't seen the relationship that there have been. So how can you say that if you don't know until they get in there and do something? You don't know. We won't know until May. OTA, see what they're doing. We won't know until July when they get it, they start training camp. You just don't know. 
I mean, can you say, is Josh McDaniel an upgrade from Rich Bisaccia? Well, Josh McDaniel's had a head coaching job before. He's played with the New England Patriots. He's, you know, he's he's seen championship teams. So is that is that, to, okay, so it's an upgrade. The Raiders going to be better. What if they're not? Then Willie's wrong. John Gruden, Ole, replaced by Josh McDaniels and 33-year-old Mick Lombardi, the son of Mike Lombardi. Upgrade. The- Offensive play calling. Upgrade. Ole and Gruden. Ole and Gruden. McDaniels and, and 33-year-old Mick Lombardi. Upgrade. I don't know. Not calling it. I like this. I'm not. I like this a lot. I am not budging <laughs> on this until I see what they can do. Right. You can't gauge. You cannot gauge coaches <laughs> on what they did elsewhere when they haven't done it with this crew. You don't know what this crew is going to respond. You just got done saying Derek Carr needs a big time receiver. He doesn't. He's got a secondary. He's got a third. Brian Edwards isn't good enough. They better bring in Devonte Adams or Mike Williams. Well, if they do that. The offense has been upgraded, but we don't know if the coaching staff has to work with this crew. So I'm not give, I'm not I'm not budging there until ask me in August. Oh, we're not gonna win. You have to answer before that. That's too long. I want to see radio. preseason games. We gotta we gotta get a replacement for these next six months then. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. We need wild, crazy predictions that I can hold you to, bring back next year if it works or doesn't okay, you work. Know what? And believe I, me, if it works, no. we know you're you may as well plant your flag right now. No, and listen. Be, right now, just just make make a couple of declarations and, and then come, I don't know. We'll do it as early as like three weeks into the season if it's working. Be like, I told you the day after the Super Bowl, this was a great, great upgrade. Or I told you disaster. This is this. I'm, I'm setting you up, and then you'll ask Ari to pull the sound. We got to play it all I was season. Just, I, was, I, was, I was waiting to say that. I'll have Ari pulling sound. Then I'll pat be, on the back. I got it right. Wait a minute. We can discuss it again when the NFL draft comes here in April. We can say now we can start putting. Okay, hey, now that was a good move. There's an upgrade. This is an upgrade in their drafting. Now there'll be an upgrade at OTAs. Then there'll be an upgrade. It's a gradual process. Okay, I get that. Okay, I get that. I don't. I don't like to be patient. I want predictions. <laughs> I want them right now. All right, you want a prediction? What's going to happen tomorrow night? Is UNLV going to win? Check that Wednesday night. They're going to win at Fresno. Yes. Well, there you go. That wasn't that hard. They're what? in the middle of the season. They're that's, going. It's going that's, on that's right non, now. It's a non-factor. It's a non-factor. Here's a prediction for you. Want a prediction? Yes. The UNLV Lady Rebels are going to the NC2A tournament. Mm, that's that's strong. That's strong. We Okay, we time-marked that. We time-marked that. Uh, PT's Pub is a spot to watch the Run Rebels on Wednesday. 7.30 starts of the game. Bischoff will be out there. Mr. UNLV. It's all brought to you by Miller Lite. It's a PT's Pub on Tropicana, right near campus, near Maryland. $10 Miller Lite pitchers. Lots of UNLV giveaways. You can win beer for a year. You can also sign up to win... A staycation at the Strat. These are awesome parties. It's a great spot. It's all decked out in UNLV swag. It's the PT's Pub, Tropicana, near Maryland. 7.30 start as the Rebels are on the road against Fresno State. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I promise you guys, you know, I was mic'd up so you guys can you guys can hear. When it was the fourth down and you could see they got into the shotgun and they were probably not going to run the football, I said Aaron's going to close the game out right here, and he is the effing man. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. That guy right there will be an awesome announcer on Monday Night Football. Sean McVay. Because of his voice? Uh, no, just because of the, the statement. He, he's he's kind of like a mini Gruden without the emails. Stature-wise, too. That you know of. Sean McVay to TV. It could happen. It could happen. I, You know, I, I actually want to see. I think he does need to mull an offer to put Kroenke's feet to the fire and become the first, like, pu- you know, publicly known. I think Belichick, he, he must make, like, 15 mil a year. If not, then he's he and his agent are idiots. I mean, Kraft. I mean, frankly, when Belichick walks away from the Patriots, like, Kraft owes him, like, a $200 million balloon payment. You realize about all that winning? You realize the wealth that Bill Belichick has generated for Bobby Kraft during his lifetime, and when he's gone, Johnny Kraft, his son, and the rest of the Kraft family will continue to benefit from this 20-year era that the Patriots just had. So Massages I, I, for everybody. I would, whatever, whatever, whatever Belichick wants, <laughs> you bonus it. But I'm recommending the balloon payment of $20 million, and I want to see TV. You just said $200 million, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think I did. did Balloon I, payment he went from two hundred to twenty. Oh, I said twenty. Well, I was thinking about McVeigh's starting point for his salary coming up. Oh, okay. Stan Kroenke needs to pay up. Hard to believe it, Stan Kroenke. A lot of people were annoyed yesterday when Stan Kroenke was the first guy up there to get the the trophy, and that's what they do with the owners. And man, his speech began. It was horrible. I'm like, this is going to be just ridiculous. How many fans did the Rams win back in L.A.? That's a great topic. Well, uh, that's something we're going to hit on the rest of the week. I have. The impact, I don't know, man. Like, I think a lot of people are like, that, 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 that'll do it. Like, I don't think that's going to do it. I think with all these teams that have moved, I, saw I, a think lot of- I think it's a 10-year journey to develop new young fans. Like, it'll be a hotter ticket next year, but I still do not believe the Rams, and let's come back to the Raiders, I still do not believe either stadium will consistently be like 80-20 for the home team. No, 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 no. And the Chargers need probably need to make a deep run in the playoffs or win a Super Bowl to get a lot of L.A. fans. But this is not an overnight process. And that's why when you talk to people or you, you talk to people from, you know, these longtime NFL markets, right, especially the, the Midwest markets where it's just cold and miserable and this is like this is their fun pass is football, right? Because their existence can be miserable. Well, you this know- is why when they comment <clears throat> on California and even Vegas on the fans and not coming out to the games, it's like, yeah, like Packers fans, you own a part of the team. The team's been there for like 80 years. You don't have the right to sit there and go, why isn't Vegas 80-20 already? Like we just got the team. The Rams were gone from freaking L.A. for 25 years. They're, they're not going to have an instant fan base again. There's this big gap where you, you should have been developing fans. They don't exist. You know who's still going through growing pains? Realistically is the Arizona Cardinals, which were the Phoenix Cardinals, which so, were the St. Louis Cardinals. And they won. They be, and they got there in 88. And you know how many times I've been. Now, when they went from Tempe to Glendale yep. and that big spaceship, you know how many times I've been in there and seen more? Oh, yeah. When the Dallas Cowboys yeah, yeah. go there, that's. Yeah. They're in the same, they're in the same position. That's, that's even more. Extent, yeah, yeah that, I mean. Because it's warm, people, you know, cold weather team. But they, I mean, that they struggle, and they've been they've been there. You talked about a ten year span to get the fans. Like I said, St. Louis Cardinals, 
They moved that franchise in 87, or they finished the last season in St. Louis in 87, ended up in uh, Tempe in 88, called it Phoenix. Now the Arizona Cardinals in Glendale, but uh, yeah, that they've struggled. So the other thing is for those fans that I rip on that have, you know, longtime franchises and many of them just lose, but they continue to stay loyal. You notice the Super Bowls are where they should be. L.A., then Zona, then Vegas. Keep your fingers crossed about the weather here because we could have this week, right, where it's like 70s, or you could have a couple of weeks ago where it's windy and freaking 58. But it, you you know the weather is going to be pretty good. Mark this down as a prediction. And when there's a blizzard here, be like, you said it was going to be good. But mark it down. These are the places that the Super Bowl should be at. I mean, L.A. for everyone was that was awesome. You didn't have to worry about any cold, any kind of nippy temperatures. So, uh, give me the update on the handle shattered in Nevada. I want to hear this. What as, is it? As our boys the told us handle. yesterday, so 179 books across the state. Ooh, took I got in, nervous there. I thought you were going to say 179 million. Took in 179.8 Wait, million what? dollars in wagers. Oh wow. Last year, it was 136.1. The previous oh, record okay. was 158.6 wow, million. Good. good uh, don't, give me the, don't give me the win percentage. Okay. Yeah, don't give it to me yet. Okay. So Candy yesterday, Adam Candy works with us. He's part of the company, and he has a LegalSportsReport.com that he works for. Uh, he was saying that New York and Nevada would both crush records and be in the range of 175 to 200 million. So think about this. Think about this. We heard all week these were not glamour teams. Right? Rams and the Bengals, and they crushed the previous mark by 20 million plus. That's incredible. And for anyone out there over the years who's like, eh, sports gambling in Vegas and Nevada, Willie, it's going to die when everyone can do it around the country. They don't have to come here. No, it, we, we're now just training people to want to have action on the game. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are legal gamblers who are being converted to legal gamblers. All right. The win percentage. I'm going to go conservative. So generally, you know, all year long, you're talking about a win percentage for Nevada books somewhere between, you know, three and a half win percentage to like 5%. Yeah. Uh, Numbers around the country, because there's a lot of parlay players out there. Some of the newbies. Books have been hauling in wins of like seven and a half percent. That's it's a huge amount of money. The difference. I'm gonna go. I don't want to go crazy here. What if I go with a six percent win? Too high? Too low? Six percent win. Then you'd come in low. That's the way I do it. I try not to be a jackass when we do these things. And and you'll throw out. Oh, we want eighteen percent Nevada. No, it's not gonna be eighteen percent. So what was it? <laughs> The books won fifteen point four million, a hold of eight point six percent. That's high. That's high. I'm not happy. I, I did. I'm better. not. Ha- I'm not I, rooting against the players. I did better. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any positive percentage. I, on a win. I had an ROI of forty percent. Really? I think I lost nine of my fifteen prop bets. We- so you're welcome for my pennies that I contributed. How about that? How about that? We're going to get to Willie's report on the bets he won in just a couple minutes. The winner of the ad meter, USA Today ad meter. 
I'm not surprised by this because I know what sells. Here's the winner of the ad meter. Better off for Betty. I'll go 10 over asking. Cash off for Carl. Straight cash. House Flipper Skipper. Let's tear it to the studs. You vultures, you're gonna start a bidding war. Don't worry, Barbie has a verified approval that shows her finances are backed mortgage. So Barbie wins. But we need a house. Oh, I found a fixer upper castle on Rocket Homes. It has good bones, but really bad neighbors. <laughs> I like his vibe. All right, there you go. Skeletor and that hellish home at the end, that's going to hit with a certain audience. I'd say Anna Kendrick on the likability meter is pretty high up there. Okay. Barbie. I don't know. What's the Barbie era? You're in the Barbie era. You like playing with Barbies? <laughs> no. I, th- I think I dabbled with the Barbie doll a little bit here and there. And Ken. Yeah, you can change your clothes and stuff. I, I Is that just, too much of too too much information. No, I just no, I just didn't. But I mean, Skeletor covers a certain era. Then you got Barbie going back to sixties and seventies, yeah, probably early eighties. Skeletor 70s. was gigantic. I was not a Skeletor person. When was the Skeletor? Eighties. It was after I was a kid. They didn't have Skeletor yeah. when I was a kid. That's well, not our era. Oh, I was going to say Barbie's your era. So we're Nerf footballs. Well, maybe there'll be a Nerf commercial next year. No, but this will tell you why my number one was something else. What was your number one? I like the NFL commercial where the, the game came through the TV and the two kids were playing and they went to life and they started playing football in the house. They were running around. It was like cartoonish characters of paid Manny football players. And the one where the, and the ball goes flying through the air, lands in grandma's mouth who's asleep. And they're, they're, the house is just disheveled. Chips. Drinks, everything's everywhere. Parents walk in, stunned. What happened here? And Grandma busts through the between the two of them and just goes, football. And the NFL Shield shows up. I thought the NFL did a good job. I thought their that product. commercial was awesome. I thought it won it. It's not my favorite, but I was like, oh my god, that was my that, favorite because I was because it it, it it also seemed like it was like three minutes long. But it, there was a, the inclusion of so many stars, past and present. I thought it was I, oh, that was a by the great way. commercial, and I'm thinking to myself, these SOBs, they're going to take their own freaking commercial <laughs> title. This is unreal. You and, can't stop this league. And I have to throw the disclaimer that my all-time favorite football player, and who I think is the greatest of all time, and just everything, and it's that's why they named the man of the year. They had sweetness in there. I know, it was so cool. And doing his trademark, whoop, head dive. Walter Payton, baby. Very cool. Uh, the Zahn got the number two spot on the ad meter. Oh, what about the gold, Papa? Can't you see that treasure all along? It was here. Love the eye patch. It's when is the show open? March 8th. Setting reminder to fake your own death on March 8th. What the Stop, <laughs> this bread is delicious. So good. Did you make it? Yes, uh, it's from my Gammy's recipe. Announcement, Gammy is short for she bought it at Whole Foods. Announcement, Colin left the oysters in the car for five hours. <laughs> yep, really funny commercial. Uh, Scar Joe with a, quite the Scottish accent. I think it was Scottish. Good stuff. Oysters being spit out all over the place. Uh, but also more proof as to why 
Um, with my Alexa, it's unplugged all the time. They're not spying on my house. I don't want none of that, and I still know that the phones are listening because there's stuff that we talk about on the show. On the show, and it comes and, up at and, home. And they're like, <laughs> tomorrow there'll be something on here. I have knee pain ads that pop up on my phone. Well, I never punched anything in there. I don't you need talk it. about knee pain here. I talk about knee pain in general. That's why the listeners told you maybe you need to speak a little less. You're actually giving away your secrets. I got to shorten those questions huh? up. That's what it is. There's a lot in those longer questions. Sometimes you reveal too much. Yes. See, you reveal too much. All right, giveaway time 364 364 1100. Volbeat is here in town at the theater at the Virgin Hotel, Las Vegas. Caller 7 364 1100. 364 1100. When are they here? March 4th is what your tickets are going to be good for. That's a Friday at 7 o'clock. You can get your own tickets at axs.com. Volbeat. On March 4th, caller 7, 364-1100. More on the commercials because uh, some of my favorites are actually way, way down the list on the USA Today ad meter. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big up, big up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So the rest of that ad meter thing, and uh, like I say, every year usually takes us a couple of days to get to everything around the Super Bowl. Yeah. But uh, and the commercials, you know, a lot of times people don't—they're not watching. They're talking about the game. They're at—you know—they're at a party. But uh, the ad meter had the—I uh, think it was the uh, chips sloth commercial. That was third. Your uh, Robo Dog. Commercial? Car yeah. commercial? Yeah. What'd you think? It was cute. I just, I, I, that one I miss, and someone texted me right after it said, Hey, is that Kalua? And I was like, Huh? And so I had to go back and watch it and see it. It was cute. I mean, it wasn't a wiener robot dog, though. Not no, the, not the Kalua is like a true wiener. No, but it, he looked, but it, the, the face, the eyes, the yeah. whole thing is, you know, it was the people that watch him for me from time to time. It was a good commercial. Yeah, it was um, I'm not a dog person, so I don't need the, the uh, dog stuff. Or Clydesdale's stuff down my throat. Um, Ari, you liked the uh, Toyota Brothers? Yeah, it got me. Got me uh, in the It was feels. pretty good. It was, it was pretty nice. good. With uh, I couldn't tell. Both brothers had lost their eyesight or one? I, one, right? I was under the impression just the one, and then the other okay. one dedicated himself to that was pretty crazy. helping him out. That was pretty crazy. I had never uh, known that either. Like I'd never heard of those guys before. So. I hadn't either. That was cool. Uh, Zeus, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was seventh. Um, Willie's NFL claymation, bringing down the house, that was eighth. The Joneses car commercial was okay. It's okay. Tommy Lee Jones and then a bunch of Joneses. It was okay. There's no Tom Jones. The song was there, but I thought they'd bring out Tom Jones. Wasn't there. Um, Talking Baby again for the trading company. I mean, I, I get that's like, that's actually a throwback commercial, but I never, I don't, I don't know. Just not a Talking Baby person. Wasn't uh, Zendaya in one? She was. Then I, I haven't even seen it, and it automatically gets in my top no, five course. because I, I got to get back to Euphoria today. So yeah, I know. Yeah, no, uh, but I, I just think she's a tremendous actress. But go ahead. Paid Manning in a, a beer commercial, bowling. Like, apparently, Serena Williams is awesome at bowling because she came in and everyone was real scared. Doctor Evil was fourteenth. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, poor Scott still getting blasted by uh, Doctor Evil. Cable Guy was solid. Um, I thought Larry David, that, that commercial, don't miss out. I thought that was funny. 
I call it the wheel. Yeah, I don't think so. This is a miss. A toilet? We're not animals. <laughs> we go outside like humans. Hancock. No king. The people shall have the right to vote. Even the stupid ones? Yes. Nobody's gone on the moon, ever. Why not? It's far, it's too far, it's far. Like I was saying, it's F It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. That commercial was for FTX. I don't know why someone in the back on this production keeps beeping out all the companies. It's weird. But yeah, Larry David funny. Kind of the Ari of old guys. Nothing's going to work. I don't believe in it. Love it. It's going to fall short. Willie, good job today. We'll talk to you later in the week. Excellent job. Excellent job yesterday on the uh, preview show as well at the Westgate.